You're a successful business owner or entrepreneur. You love it, but it consumes your entire day and sometimes your entire night. This is the Seven Figure Builder Show. It's a backstage pass to the minds of those who've already cracked the code. Welcome to the Seven Figure Builder Show. And now your host, Julie Baranek. Welcome to the Seven Figure Builder Show. My name is Julie Baranek, founder of Seven Figure Builder, where we help high achieving CEOs work smarter, not harder, with gorgeous insights to scale to seven figures and beyond. And I'm here today with my friend Ryan Dowdy. Hey, Ryan. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, me too. I'm I'm thrilled to have you on today. So first and foremost, where in the world are you? I live in a suburb of Kansas City, Missouri. And I always need to clarify because Kansas City does exist in Kansas and in Missouri. We are on the Missouri side of the state line. And we're very picky about that here. If you get that wrong, it's a problem. That's good to know. <laughs> make sure to not make that mistake. <laughs> I always know when people have been here before when I say I live in Kansas City and they go, Kansas or Missouri? Right. So. Which one are you in? <laughs> That's awesome. So for those that haven't had the chance to meet you yet, can you tell us just a little bit about what you do with your business? Yeah, absolutely. So I run two businesses and I'm like just owning that in the past 90 days. I'm like, well, I do this consulting thing and I do this other thing, but I'm like, nope, I run two businesses. My accountant's like, it's time to get another LLC, right? Like we got to separate this. I say one is my head and one is my heart. So my heart business is Be In The Room. So Be In The Room is a community that we launched in January of 2022, specifically for women leaders to create uh, a safe space to come together and have the conversations that are hard to have as you start to amass some level of, of success in your career. And so I always say that we focus on, you know, we focus on it's mastermind meets networking meets personal and professional development in a really cool way. So we married all the things that I loved about all the different organizations that I'd been in and left what I didn't and created a really cool space. And so that is my heart. I say that my personal mission in life is to put more money and more power in the hands of women. And I feel like being in the room is my heart in that way. But I had a 15 year corporate career in sales. My first two iterations of my entrepreneurial journey were in sales and sales training. So I was in the sales enablement side of businesses which means I built sales organizations, right? Sales training, pricing, you know, positioning, messaging. That was my superpower. And I retired from that in the entrepreneurial space in December of 21. And I'm sure we'll get into that story, but just launched an agency with my team called the Connection Agency, where we help bridge the gap between sales and marketing for businesses. Awesome. So in other words, you're bored. That's what I'm hearing, right? Yeah. No, I have lots of free time. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> So let's talk about your journey. How did you get here? Because that sounds like quite a journey that it was. Yeah. Oh gosh, it's been a wild one. So yeah, I spent 15 years in corporate America and I had zero desire to be an entrepreneur. So I grew up selling marketing and advertising. So I was never the implementer, but I sold it. So I understood it inside and out, sat in front of thousands of businesses, helped them develop their marketing plans. That's what I did. And I thought being in sales, I was like, yeah, you know, I don't need to be an entrepreneur, right? I have a lot of freedom. And then I had a kid. Uh, and I went back to work after my son was born. He is six. He just turned six in February. And, you know, just the lens changes. And it was like, eh, you know, I know what the step next step is on the ladder and the step after that and the step after that. And I don't know if I, I think I'm on the wrong ladder. <laughs> I ultimately <laughs> realized I was like, I'm not opposed to climbing, but I think I'm on the wrong mountain. 
right? Yeah. Like this is not it for me. So I discovered entrepreneurship, the land of online entrepreneurship, consulting and coaching. My first business was a sales coaching business where we helped new entrepreneurs launch their businesses. So it was before the great resignation had a name. And there were women who were like, I have these incredible skills, but I have no idea how to go find clients, right? Like I can fulfill, but I don't know how to sell. So, so we taught, you know, probably over 200 women how to, how to sign clients and how to, you know, engage in conversation in a really meaningful way. And this was back in 2019 was when I finally left my full-time job. That was on the heels of baby number two. So baby number one was like, something's not right here. Baby number two was like, all right, we're out. So 2019, become a full-time entrepreneur. In 2020, obviously we know what happened in the world. And my business coach's business had also exploded. She brought me in as a consultant to train her sales team. And that curriculum was actually what became my second business, which was a sales training company. So we became partners, we launched that. And I very quickly learned that that partnership was a huge values misalignment. There was a lot of things that went on behind the scenes, Julie, that did not work for me. So we eventually shut that business down at the end of 21. And that was when I launched Be In The Room. So we had already, I'd already retired my sales coaching business to step into the CEO role of the sales training company. And at the end of 21, burned that one to the ground too, and did a complete and total reinvention uh, in 22. So it has been a really, really wild ride. Yeah, it sounds like it. (laughs) And there's so many different ways I could take this conversation, but we'll start with what I guess in your vast experience, what do you see that entrepreneurs are missing the most? Like, what is that biggest gap that you see? I think it is, you know, if I look at my own journey, it's like what you start with is not what you will end with. And the fear of, of reinvention. So actually one of our core values in being in the room is reinvention. Like you can reinvent yourself as many times as you need to until, you know, your life looks the way that you want to. But I have met so many women, Julie, who have started businesses And they've either outgrown it, found they don't love it, found like the way to truly scale this doesn't line up with my lifestyle goals and what I want, but they're terrified to do something different because, you know, we were taught, you know, you pick a career at the age of 18 and you do it until you die. And every time you change your mind, you're flighty and inconsistent and, you know, all of those other things. I remember when I was young, you know, climbing the corporate ladder and my mother was just like, you know, I learned a lot about why I'm like this, but every two or three years, I was like, I'm done here. Like it works. We're good. I, I need something different. My mom's like, you can't keep job hopping. People don't <laughs> like job hoppers. Right. So I think the one thing that we miss is that it's a, if you don't, if you don't like it, like you have options, you're not stuck. I don't recommend just like burning it all down without a lot of thought because I've done that and that's not good either. But you know, if it's not working for you, that is okay. You're not wrong or broken or any of those other things. Cause I see so much drama around, well, I do this and I'm good at it. I make okay money, but my heart's over here. And I'm like, well, what the hell are you doing? Like follow yeah. your heart. Right. So that's kind of my thing. Yeah, no. And I, I love that the picture you painted of, you know, your way up the ladder, but you're on the wrong darn ladder and right. that's not the way you want to go. So right. it's, that's huge of knowing that vision, following your heart and really mm-hmm. heading the way you want to head. And, and knowing that, I'm sorry to interrupt you, yeah, knowing yeah, go ahead. vision changes, right? Like my vision, I, I share with pre-kids, I had zero desire, right? Like I was good. Yeah. And then as soon as I had a child, it was just a small perspective shift because it wasn't like, oh, I want to leave my job and stay home because that was never for me, right? So it's like different things work in different seasons and stop beating yourself up over your desire to change. Yeah. Yeah. And just because you make a change doesn't mean that it's failure, right? Like I think there's such a huge fear of failure and that we take it so personally and it's not. Oh, no, it's part of the journey. Yeah. 
So looking at be in the room, like yeah. how does that support women? I know that throughout our careers, it can be oftentimes a very lonely journey. Yes. And how does that, how does that really help? Yeah, that's a, a really great question. So it, it goes back to what I lovingly call my business divorce <laughs> happened in 2021. It was a divorce. It was five months and an attorney and a lot yeah. of money and it was a divorce. Oh. But I was completely alone in that moment, surrounded by humans, lonely as could be, right? Like, and and the problem that we solve, the, the gap that we fill in the marketplace is that place for connection and vulnerability. Because a lot of what's out there, there's so many amazing things out there that are all about like business development and networking and skill building. And those things are powerful and important. But at some point it becomes about, you know, the inner circle, right? It becomes about that phone call that you make. I remember two weeks ago, I'm on the phone with the B in the room member. She's looking at making a $30,000 investment in her business. And she just wanted to talk it out. Right. With somebody who had no financial interest whatsoever in what she was doing. Right. But it's hard to find those people because there's those, it's a $30,000 investment. Right. There's going to be those people that are like, yeah, I spend $30,000. Like, you can't call those people. Right. Right. And so like, that's just one example of how we support one another, but it's that support system, that inner circle, that person that you call or or those people that you call when something goes really great and amazing and you want to celebrate it, but also when it's not going the way that you thought that it should or would, where it feels safe to do that, right? So we really create this safe space for women to come and talk about the good, the bad, the ugly of being a high achiever, because we're still new to this. And I think we forget that, right? Like there was a time in my mother's lifetime that a woman could not get a loan, a business loan without the signature of a, of a man. And that man could be her son, right? right? Who could sign that document? And we forget that, right? So we're in this totally new evolution as women. And there's, there's no blueprint. There's no guide. There's no step-by-step how to, how to do it. And so what we're doing is building that together in a support system that says like, do this the way that feels good to you, um, but be smart, supported by other smart people. Yeah. And I think that's so important too, as you surround yourself with other high achievers, obviously that's the direction that you're going to head. But so often we feel that push and pull of like our friends, our corporate friends, our business friends, and like, you're not selling to people, but you need that support system and you need those people around you. So I think that's really awesome what you guys are doing with that, with Be In The Room. Thank you. Thank you. It's a lot of fun. Absolutely. So as you've transitioned through your career from corporate to your own career and transitioned to that CEO role, how have you embodied that? What would you suggest for people as they're moving into that next level of their business? Ooh, that is such a great question. And my answer is probably a little non-traditional in that like, I don't actually want to be a CEO. And so I am aware, and you're probably like, wait, what? Um, But I'm, you know, Julie and I were talking before we hit record or started this conversation, right? Like I'm a visionary by nature. You're obviously very analytical, which is amazing. CEOs are analytical humans, right? Mm -hmm. They're data-driven and and all of those different things, which are fantastic and amazing. My brain doesn't work that way at all. So what I've learned in my CEO journey is that like when my businesses get to the point where they can, like I will hire a CEO. I will stay the founder. I will stay the visionary, but I don't want to bury my head in spreadsheets. I understand. I Give me the Cliff's notes, right? Like I'm not naive. I'm not, yeah. there's none of those things happening here, but you know, if I were, if this weren't my company, like I'm not the person. <laughs> so, That's a good realization um, I have though. <laughs> but, but it is, but you know, we're taught on the internet that it's like, you know, CEO this and girl boss this and whatever. And I'm like, dude, no, I'm just a visionary. That's a lot of really great ideas. 
So like my big picture vision is like, I want to speak and write books and like go out in the world and share the mission of my companies. I don't want to run them day to day. So on my CEO journey, I've learned that like I can be a visionary. I can be a founder. I can do the things I enjoy doing and eventually will hire a CEO to run my companies. Yeah. And I think that's probably the biggest key is owning your strengths and identifying your struggles and then hiring for your struggles so that people compliment you and you can rock the things that you're really good at and not have to be in the weeds of things that you hate. Right. Right. Absolutely. So in your business, then I assume that you have some sort of, you know, systems and automation, but how have you seen them save time in your business? How has that worked for you? Yeah, absolutely. So I I learned very early on. That was the one thing, like, despite not wanting to be a CEO, I also had the instincts to know that like systems, processes, automation, all of those things are really important. So, you know, we started investing very early on in my first business on systems, processes, SOPs, automation, technology, all of those different things. So I have a program director who that's really her job is to manage all of those things for us. So every time my lovely visionary brain is like, we should do this. She's really fantastic at like, this is actually what it takes to do that. Like, here's the list. Here's what's going on. Like all of these different things. So, I mean, it was, we're talking maybe 10 to 15 grand a month is when I was like, okay, we need, we need a process and we need it documented so people can go on vacation, so people can leave, so people can get sick. Maybe some of that comes from, you know, really launching my business on the heels of a maternity leave. Right. But I learned very quickly that the more that we can systemize, the better off we will be. But again, I didn't do that. I hired somebody to do that because, you know, to me, it's like book an event space, right? Your detail brain knows that there's like 12 steps that go into booking an event space, right? Like we have to find it. We got to certainly need to know the price. We need to know the dates. We need to know all these different things. And my brain's like, Space. So um, I don't know why that was my example. But anyway, so surrounding myself with people who could guide me in that way and cover the details to, you know, the steps that I put together. So yeah, we are, we're big in automation, we're big in technology, all of those different things to make the business run. And I trust my team implicitly to create those things. And we test them a lot and we break them sometimes, but that's always the first thing. Like when we come up with something, once we've done it more than once, right? I'm like, okay, cool. What's the system? What's the process? Map it out. And then we're always evaluating like, what, is there a way to make this easier? Is there a way to automate this? And, you know, my team is really great at telling me like, well, right now we're good to do this manually, but once this breaking point is when we're going to want to explore technology or automation, and then here are the options I suggest. That's awesome. Yeah. And that's incredible having those people around you to really map those steps out for you and really have that in place before you need it, as you need it, and then be able to grow and scale and not wait till you're like, oh my God, we're dying. And now we got to take a minute and breathe and figure this out. And then that's just a struggle. You've started multiple businesses. Is there a set process and a set way that you set up a business? There are so many gurus out there that'll tell you a million ways, but what is your experience showing you? No. Uh I am, I am really big on, you know, following your heart and following your gut and doing the things that feel really good to you. So the way that we, like even the two businesses we have now, like our sales processes are different. Our approach to content creation is different. Obviously one is a membership community, which doesn't require a lot of 
you know, behind the scenes, SOPs, onboarding, handoff, right? So that business is extremely simple in its setup. Whereas obviously the agency, because each client is getting, you know, it's a done for you service and a lot of different things there. So, you know, I don't think any, there's any one right way to do it. It's the way that works best for you and your team and your people. And to me, it's really important to trust your gut in that, Mm -hmm. right? Knowing that, Hey, this feels better over here than this does over there. I don't think there's one right way to do things. It's always going to depend on the kind of business you have and the type of fulfillment and all of those different things. So they're actually both set up pretty differently on the back end as far as like onboarding, because they have to be, right? Like I said, being onboarded into a membership, there's four things that need to happen for you to get plugged in, right? Versus anybody in the agency, they start with a call, right? Right. Then it starts with a, you know, a scope of work. And then it goes into, okay, who's going to do the work and what order and what are the timelines and what does that look like? And what are our KPIs? What are our service level agreements and all those different things. So that's set up completely differently than than the membership. Hey, real quick, it's Julie. I just wanted to say thank you for listening every week. I absolutely adore you and so appreciate your time and your commitment to the show. And I truly love creating free content for you to grow your podcast and your business. And if you want to take our relationship to the next level, I know I would, or you just want to monetize your podcast without ads or sponsorship, hop into my free web class that'll show exactly how. Just go to sevenfigurepodcastbuilder.com slash monetize. And I will see you there. Now back to the conversation. Absolutely. And I think also with that is you have to keep refining what's working and improve what's not. (laughs) So obviously those are going to be separate, but I love your perspective on, you know, it's whatever you make it, like it's whatever your business calls for. It's not whatever as somebody, you know, over there said it has to be. Right. And it will change over time. Right. Like the way that we're running the agency right now, I mean, the agency just launched in December. We have 12 clients, mm-hmm. right? It's going to look completely different when we have, you know, 50 clients. Right. And so there's going to probably be more humans involved and there's going to have to be more technology and automation involved. Right. right. But right now with 12 clients, you know, it looks different. And so I think it's also not getting married to, well, this is the system because as far as I know in business, at least what I've learned in the past four years is, you know, every time you grow, you, you break the system. Yeah. Well, and it has to grow organically. I mean, yes. you don't have the end product when you're starting at the beginning, even though I'm a big, you know, start with the end in mind, but you've got to have the volume there and the the life cycle <laughs> to be able to support that. So there is definitely a progression there. Mm-hmm. So how have you found that having the right insights into data has positioned you for success? Like, I know you're not a big spreadsheets girl and that's awesome, <laughs> But we still need something to work, right? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and that comes from my sales brain, right? Like my sales brain knows that data informs decisions. So, you know, my biggest thing about data is giving the data time to tell the story. I think most of the time we, at least for me, again, as a visionary, as a person who moves fast, I like stuff to happen fast. And what I've learned in business is like, you need more than two data points, right? Like you need more than, well, we ran two webinars and it didn't work. And I'm like, you know, like, let's talk about the data. How many people were registered? How many people showed up? Like what were the open rates on emails, right? So I'm always like, my biggest intake on data is to, to give it more time than I'm probably comfortable with to actually get enough data to make a decision. And I'll give you a specific example. We we run a webinar specifically to fill, uh, to fill me in the room and it's called how to, you know, how to build a powerful network. Um, 
without painful networking events, I think is the title of it. And, you know, we did two webinars and I didn't love the way that they went, but then I went and looked at the data and I looked at the numbers and I was like, oh, actually, if you look at this, we are cash flow positive on our ad spend right now. And, you know, we're in conversation with X number of people to do this. So like maybe they didn't all buy what we pitched on the webinar, but we brought people into our ecosystem, you know, two bought tickets to an event, like all these different things. So again, it's having enough data. Cause if I just looked at, well, I ran these webinars and we didn't get 800 clients that webinar didn't work. Right. Like, no, it was like, let's actually look who was on those webinars. Who's the last few people that bought from us? What did they buy from us? And then it was like, oh, actually, maybe they're not converting what we're pitching on the webinar, but they are buying, right? They are staying in our ecosystem. They are elevating to that next level. So maybe this is working. So that's just an example of like not pulling the plug too quick because there's not enough data or because the surface level data doesn't tell the story that you want it to. Totally. And it depends on what your goals are for that specific event or product or offer, whatever you're doing, that maybe they're the wrong goals or there's goals that you missed or, you know, things that you need to to keep in mind. So totally. totally. So across your career, corporate, you know, entrepreneurial, how do you define success? What does that look like for you? Ooh, that has changed so much for me over the years. To me, my my current current state. (laughs) Success means to me, it it all comes in freedom, right? Like I want to spend my days doing things that I enjoy. Period. End of story. We actually had an entire conversation about this yesterday and be in the room. We were talking about fun. And I was like, I feel like I don't have fun anymore. But what I realized was that like, my whole life is just a lot of fun. And so like before it was like, oh, well, I left this daunting corporate job and, you know, I had to drive home and I, you know, so it was like, (laughs) you got to go find something fun to do, you know, on the weekend. And I'm like, well, no, all day is fun. Like when I think about what I've done today, I had a cup of coffee this morning with a friend of mine who's considering coming to our event in December. I had a call with a client. I did follow up on, on our September event. And now I'm here talking to you. And then I have a call. I'm like, my whole day is fun. And so to me, like, that's what success is when I can look over my calendar and be like, holy cow, everything I did this week was something that I enjoyed doing. That is my current definition of success. That's amazing. So for those business owners that aren't quite there yet, how how would you encourage them to have fun in their business again? Evaluate your calendar, evaluate your calendar. So when I was in that business with my business partner, a lot of the values in this alignment was, was, you know, she was on the internet telling people, you know, freedom, freedom, freedom. And you find out behind the scenes, she's working 80 hours a week. And so is her team. Right. So I was surrounded by this idea of, you know, every moment had to be booked and it was busy. And so like, but I started evaluating my time and yeah, I was filling a lot of time. They weren't moving the needle. Right. right? It was like, sure. I have 800 calls a week, but are they buying things? Are they becoming clients? Like, what am I doing? And so the first thing I recommend is evaluate your calendar and think about like, are the things that I'm currently doing in my business, are they moving the needle? Are they getting me closer to where I want to go? Because I found I was able to operate you know, in much less time when I got rid of the the fluff, right? The things I felt like I had to do or the things, you know, and so like my goal has always been to like only take meetings from 10 to three. And I, every week I would take a meeting at 3.30, you know, at least once a week, or I'd take an 8.30 meeting and every week I would be pissed off about it. I'm like, what is wrong with you? Take the (laughs) meetings from 10 to three, like stop doing that. Unless like this morning it was coffee with a girlfriend. So like that was perfectly fine, but you know what I'm saying? So it's like really evaluating what are your boundaries and where are you overstepping your own boundaries because you feel like you have to. And once I did that and I really looked at how I was spending my time and what was actually producing results, that wasn't it. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I love the time blocking, right? And then sticking to it because we do that for a reason, but then we feel like, oh, I'm getting behind or whatever that means. And we put more pressure on ourselves to really step across the boundaries that we've established for ourselves. So yeah, no, I agree 100%. So looking to the year ahead, what do you have amazing on the horizon? Oh my goodness. I'm so excited about two big things right now. So we just wrapped an event last week and are now selling a retreat in September. And it's just coming together beautifully with speakers. And like, again, I'm a visionary and a little bit of an intuitive. So I'm like, here are the dates, the rest of it, I'll figure out later. Yeah. And so, <laughs> so nailing that down just sets my heart on fire. We're limiting it to 25 attendees and really creating this cool, like intimate container for women, which I'm so excited about. And then we are actually actually inside of the agency, currently white labeling a social sales CRM that feels terrifying and exciting all at the same time. So that, you know, we were doing marketing and marketing's great, but at traffic was always the issue, right? Conversate. I was, I've always said conversations equals clients. And so it was like, I can build you the prettiest things in the world, right? I can build you a pretty funnel. I can build you a pretty website. I can make pretty graphics for you to post on social media, but it's really about connection and conversation. And so we use a social sales CRM that's been a game changer for us to be able to stay in touch with our people, follow up appropriately and use social media as a really powerful sales tool. And I found myself just continuing to send my clients to these guys. And then finally, it was actually the guy, one of the founders that was like, so we have different options here. And I was like, say what? So we're stepping into the software business, which is terrifying. That's so exciting. Um, That's awesome. That is so incredibly exciting. Thank you. Awesome. So for people that definitely want to check this out and get involved in your programs, how can they find you? Yeah. So I spend most of my time on Facebook. So I'm Ryan with two ends Dowdy. I'm an avid and open connector. So please feel free to connect with me there. I'm on the other social platforms, but I spend most of my time on Facebook. If you're interested in learning about being in the room, it's beintheroom.org. If you are interested in learning about the agency, it's theconnectionagency.com. And there you'll learn about both our marketing services and our social sales CRM. Awesome. And we'll have all the links below for people to check them out. And I got one more question for you that if you had the attention of the whole world for five minutes, what would you tell them? I would tell them that they are powerful beyond measure. I love it. Love it. Love it. Well, thank you, Ryan, for being on today. I really appreciate it. This was fun. Yeah. Thanks for a good conversation. Thanks so much. For sure. And you can hit me up at sevenfigurebuilder.com. And I look forward to seeing you on the next episode. You've been listening to the Seven Figure Builder Show with Julie Baronick. Julie cut her teeth consulting for Fortune 500 companies worldwide. And now she's redirected that knowledge and power to support entrepreneurs like you. She focuses on relationship-based lead generation and the magic of podcasting. If you're looking to elevate your business through storytelling, branding, and efficient systems, well, you found your new home. It's what we do. If you enjoyed the show and got something from it, make sure to like, rate, and review. We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, find us on Instagram at 7 Builder. Find the website at 7figurebuilder.com. And to learn how to automate your podcast with Julie, find that site at 7figurepodcastbuilder.com. See you next time on the 7 Figure Builder Show.